Welcome back, everybody. My guests today are William Humphrey, the director, pharmacy director at St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and Alex Rodriguez, the compliant compliance program manager at St. Jude. If you missed my previous interview with them, please go check it out, go listen to it. It was all about their cameras in the OR. Yes, the OR. When we spoke about the cameras throughout your facility, I know that there was definitely an approval process and I'm gonna guess that there's a some sort of diversion prevention committee that may have played a role in making that happen. So let's talk about that committee. And I think it's good for the rest of the community to see what types of committees we have, who's on them, their role, their value, and that type of stuff so that we can share that, that information with each other. So let's talk about your committee, William. How did it get started? Who's on it? Give us some background on it. Okay. Uh, prior to 2016, uh, anytime we had an event, typically I was notified and then you know the process you scurry around trying to gather the people that you needed you know to get involved that, that typically involved nursing um occasionally anesthesia and then eventually human resources um and, and so around 2016 we decided that we needed a diversion we called it a diversion task force and so we, we came up with the people that that we needed to be on that and of course that included us the pharmacy nursing, anesthesia, compliance, human resources, and security, and then someone from administration. And then eventually we, we added security and legal. To, and I, I think that covers everybody we initially, we initially <laughs> had on there. And then we started talking, I mean, we started looking at practices and policies and so forth, and we realized that we needed to do a gap analysis. And so we, we reached out and we uh, hired a consultant to come in and help us do that. And so they, they you know, spent several days here with, again, primarily pharmacy, nursing, and anesthesia, kind of looking at all of our processes and our policies and procedures, and then, and then eventually came back with a, a list of recommendations. And that, that initial, that initial list was a little overwhelming. You, you, we thought we had a good program in place, but um, you know, it was around 130 recommendations. You know, and I was I was floored. Wow! And, uh, but we were told, you know, that that's you know actually less than average. And, okay. And so and, and so you did have of, a good program. <laughs> a lot of those were were minor fixes sure. and stuff that we could implement. So we we looked at those recommendations. And they came up with a plan, you know, how we were going to tackle those and get get those done. You know, there's some there were you know a handful that pro that weren't really relevant, and so we could eliminate those. But then the others, we we came up with a plan to to implement those, and and so we began working on that. And it, and it took a few years, you know, to kind of get through that whole list and get everything, you know, kind of um, up, up to date, so to speak. And then one of the recommendations too was, you know, we couldn't have 20 people responding to, you know, an event that, that happened. So we needed to kind of have a, a small kind of a immediate response team, you know, to, to look at those events when they, when they happen. 
and, and try to include the people that were that were most likely involved. And again, that always included me. And then it included someone from compliance and then typically nursing and occasionally anesthesia, human resources. It, we've we've rarely had to include security, uh, but they would they would be part of it as well. And so that that made the team, you know, that immediate response team smaller so that we could you know, get things done quickly because, you know, DEA regulations, if you discover diversion, you've got 24 hours to report it. And we wanted to you know, be able to act quickly. When you talk about the immediate response team getting involved, are you talking specifically about doing the investigation work that needs to be done to come to a conclusion? And yeah. do you have the that small group only or do you have the bigger group that actually makes, like how are well, final decisions made? Yeah, that, that small group would do the investigation and then present the findings to the larger, the okay. larger group. And then it was typically the larger group that would make the recommendation of what, if it required any kind of disciplinary action, especially, you know, you know what we needed to do from there. Right. And yeah. Took, and I think that took some fine that took some fine tuning. You know, um, you know, we had some some members that were a little overzealous at, at times. And, and so we had to kind of dial dial back. But I think that's kind of, you know, settled itself now. Yeah. And different members on the team also help to kind of push back, like, well, wait a minute, you know, and ask some questions. And, and you know, there's, there's so much value, I think, in the committees. I just, from my own experience, I have worked at places that haven't had them. And so what ends up happening is the diversion specialist, which in one case was myself, there's a lot of that rests on your shoulder. I mean, it's not just you specifically, obviously it's in conjunction with the, I'll pick on the nurses, the nurse manager and HR. But if you have a biased nurse manager and if you have a, an HR person that doesn't have a lot of experience with it, then they really look to the diversion specialist. And so that was a little burdensome, you know, there, if, if I felt I had to push because wait a minute, I think there's something here. And the nurse manager was pushing back and then HR was just like, okay, well tell me what I need to do. But I am just one person to, to try to push and, and make this decision, right? It's like, take it out of the hands of one or two people and give it to the committee. And then not only do you kind of share that, that burden and that decision, but it's interesting the different kinds of perspectives and the questions that are asked and then different people will say, well, have you looked at, it's like, oh no, we haven't looked at that yet. Okay, let's go back and look at it. And then over time, as they become more fluid of, you know, more, they're more experienced, then I wouldn't say it gets easier, but they know what to ask and we know what we're looking for. And then each time we do a little bit more before we come to the committee, right? With right. what our information is. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I think too, from a legal perspective, would you agree, HR legal perspective, you're showing consistency as well. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, and we've, yeah. we've got a, an established process now that we go go through step by step. You know, one of the other recommendations, you know, was to, instead of, and I know a lot of places do this successfully, but instead of, having me 
having oversight of all of that, we we push that to compliance, and and that has really that has really helped us. Okay. Yeah. I I um, Dr. Humphrey like talks about um, you know starting this in 2016. Um, my predecessor uh, Felicia Warner, um, you know I I came into this position around 2020. And a lot of that work had been put in place um, in the response team, the committee. So, so, and and a lot of work on that uh, gap um, analysis that they had done. Um, so, all all these tools were were already set up for me, which helped me with uh, buy-in when it came time to changing institutional policies, um, departmental policies, things that really drive uh, the workflows that help prevent. Um, Divergent from occurring and and making sure we're we're compliant with all regulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, all all good stuff, all good points. Um, we've talked about some of the benefits of having a committee in place: the consistency, the established process. Can you think of others, other benefits that you've that have come out of it? Um, point points of views. You you never you never you know look at a, a situation from um the uh, we've actually even expanded there, there's you know it um expanded sometimes we have um research um administration in there um as you know we're us being a research hospital uh that comes with with its its own uh medications that go through that different workflow um we we've also expanded over time to um, subsections of, of say nursing. You know, it might not just be outpatient, just inpatient. We um, we have all, all different areas um, of of nursing involved and and providing us input. Um, that uh, just because we change something in the inpatient area, um, that might not be the best for for the outpatient workflow. And so we, we collaborate on, on different points of views to kind of improve our, our workflows um, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody from employee health or employee assistance on the committee? We, we have the, um, the director of uh, employee relations. I think that's what Kathleen's title is. But, um, but she knows she knows all the, the the human resource regulations and and hiring and and uh, disciplinary action and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about from a employee assistance perspective? If if there is somebody that's going to be you know reported and or termed, she she represents that group as well. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Can you? maybe you can't share, I don't want to overstep in what you can and cannot share, what your um, policies are surrounding drug testing at your institution. Yeah, it's pre-employment and then for calls. For calls. We don't do any random. Okay. Do they, I'm curious, do they consider if you've got the data and you have reason to suspect do they consider that for cause or do they have to be exhibiting oh they do yes okay all right that that's great i've most places i'm familiar with for cause means 
somebody is exhibiting actual behavior at that moment. I, I think it's for cause if I have some data and there's a concern, but they don't uh, define it that way. Okay, so they do. Do you have, do you know what kind of testing? Is it urine? Is it hair? Is it? I believe it's urine. I think that that's correct. Yeah. Or just the urine. We, yeah. We, um, they do some saliva testing too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I put you on the spot there with the. Uh, I, I think there's also breathalyzer is is also one of those um, different tests, but mm -hmm. um, I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you? If the employee refuses the drug screen, they're terminated. Okay. All right. Do you do you usually ask everyone that you suspect to to do it? Like, how do you define when to take them to to testing? That that's where I think we, we rely on on the the committee. Um, we we bring the the facts to the committee, um, and then those decisions are made. Okay. All right. Okay. Although, although if we catch somebody in the act, um, it's, it's usually straight to human resources and employee relations. You know, person meets meets with the person and and um, requests them to do a drug screen, and if they refuse, they're terminated. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's an important point. Is we can have all of these processes set up. But there's different scenarios, right, that would cause you to deviate from the process um, and go more to an immediate action that has to be really, really quick and might be yep. in a slightly different order. <laughs> like Alex, Alex mentioned earlier in our session that that we had someone taking empty vials out of a sharps container uh, and they were caught in the act and they were they were asked to do a drug screen then and they refused. Okay. Okay. So it's terminated reporting. Um, and then that's that. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right. Do you have any words of wisdom on how a diversion prevention specialist can convince their facility to establish a committee like this if they don't already have one? I had mentioned that, you know, I've been in places where they didn't. I know one roadblock at one place that I was at is HR had a real problem with those in the committee hearing about staff that did not belong to them, that they didn't have a supervisory role. So they just didn't think it was appropriate to be sharing that kind of information with a say nurse director that didn't oversee them. So that was one roadblock that I had. So do you have any words of wisdom for other facilities if they want to establish one? We, we never really in, encountered that. Um, we, there was some concern initially about, you know, um, if in particular anesthesiologists being physicians, uh, there was some concern about having access to, to, to that information, but we've, you know, we resolved that. Um, I, I think the importance behind having the diversion committee is, you know, prior to having it, I had a few instances where, and it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't um, any fault of, of the department, but nursing sometimes would be in a hurry to, 
to try to get to the bottom of it and resolve it. And they would, you know, they would start that process without involving the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And so this, this has eliminated that. So now they know to contact me and, and typically Alex as, as well, you know, when, when something doesn't look right. So the investigation can, can begin. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if a, if a facility looks at the risk of not having something like this in place, um, uh, it, it, it's almost more damaging um, when, when something occurs to not be able to have all this already set up um, and the buy-in to make the changes to, to put um, a, a full um, hospital-wide uh, drug diversion prevention program in place. Um, if, if you don't have all the different pieces uh, there at, at the table talking, um, uh, I mean, I, look at the example Dr. Humphrey gave, um, the waste, you know, you have to bring EVS in to kind of talk to them about about uh, what happens during that process. That's not something you know you might have um, a discussion about uh, without uh, more more different people from different backgrounds talking mm-hmm. and, and making decisions. Yeah, a different perspective. Yeah, and it is interesting because the people that are not clinical, you know, they'll ask a question and often it's preceded by, okay, this might be a dumb question, but but it's where their perspective is and they sometimes ask the obvious but the answer is not always obvious right it's kind of like oh yeah we didn't think about that that's an interesting way to look we're just so deep in it from that clinical perspective that sometimes we we miss it um i want to go back to something that you mentioned william with the anesthesia and how those are handled so does your committee review cases involving anesthesia? Does it go to their peer group and then just summarize? Where is that line with your task force and anesthesia? Yeah, anesthesia was one of the first groups we started with, uh, looking at improving the the processes. So um, especially with fentanyl, every single case, and and we're we're small, I mean, you know, compared to a, a lot of places, but we, we, every single case was, was reviewed uh, to make sure that, you know, the amount administered was correct, the amount wasted was correct, and then follow up with, with the, the MD anesthesiologist or, or the CRNAs uh, if, if there was something missing. Uh, that tightened up that whole process significantly so that now it's, you know, they rarely, you know, so to speak, make, make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was and there was complete buy-in by that by that group and you know Alex you can comment on that as well yeah and then we also learned a bunch of gaps in the technology they were using and some of the workflows um, over time we we've we've done a, a lot to improve um, how how they work with the EHR or uh, the medication cabinets or or any any other barriers that were preventing um, everything that, that needed to occur in those workflows. That's great too, because then you get more buy-in from them if you can right. collaborate and save them time and that um, makes them happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got to keep them happy. Um, okay, great. All right, this is some good stuff. Any closing comments or remarks that either one of you have on this? No, nope. all right. 
Oh, which is yeah. insane. I just feel lucky to to have walked in and, and that had been set up. So I, yeah. I, I'm I'm really thankful that um that St. Jude, you know, did the work they needed to to have that in place. Yes. Alex, well, you Alex is modest. He is <laughs> what he's done with the with our ability to, to analyze data and create dashboards, I mean it's tremendous. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. I know I've I've heard about some of your stuff, Alex, on a few uh, calls, and yeah, it's mind-boggling to me the the person that doesn't have that uh, technical mind to to put any of that stuff in place. Um, but yeah, you guys sound like you have an absolutely solid program all the way from you know the the data processes to your committees and that that workflow and your cameras that you have and good you're you're keeping those uh keeping those kids safe um <laughs> thank there. you it's, so. it's still it still worries me you know because they say if you don't have diversion you're not looking hard yeah. enough yeah <laughs> yeah well you know i i think i, I think that's true um i think that's true but i also think that the more systems you have in place and the longer you have had them in place, I think you're going to see, see less. I mean, it's just, you know, there was an independent hospital that I did some work for and the first year, I mean, so many people were found. Um, and after that it became, you know, one a month, which was way less and then one maybe to a quarter um so yeah were we missing some maybe but could we find a reason for why it decreased absolutely nobody was looking versus you know now we're looking and word gets out so i i yeah i applaud you though for being you know vigilant because there there's some out there but i i truly feel that with everything that you're doing that um I would think it would be, you know, don't go to St. Jude if you want to divert because they have all these these things in place, right? It's 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 going to be a lot harder. You have to be a lot more creative, which you know they are when they're desperate. But um, no, you you got a lot of good stuff going. All right. Well, thank you very both both very much. Um, <laughs> this was interesting and it was a good discussion. Thank, thank you for you. having us. Appreciate it. Enjoy it. it.